it wasn't an FHA because I put 20% down. But again, in one year, Wells Fargo basically financed me $60,000 to repair two properties. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's best ever guests as they share it with you. It's the best ever advice with none of the fluff. Let's go. Do you know how you can benefit from crowdfunding? If you haven't checked out our special series, Best Crowdfunding Crash Course Ever, presented by Patch of Land, then you need to. It's episodes 152, 159, 166, and 173, because you'll hear from the industry's leading crowdfunding experts on how you can benefit by getting involved, whether it's getting access to funds for your deal or passively investing in other people's deals. The time is now to get started. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever to grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-E-N-D.com forward slash best ever. Hi, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless and I'm here with today's guest, Tim Gordon. Hi, Tim. Good morning. Good morning. And Tim is joining us from sunny San Diego, California, where he is wholesaling deals. He's done about 40 deals and he's also a buy and hold investor where he takes the funds from or the profits from some of those deals and he invests it in long-term holds. He's originally from England but is now, as I mentioned, based in San Diego, California and he spent some time in Michigan too. So with that being said, Tim, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Sure. So I'm kind of the secret immigrant. I I have an American accent. If you spoke to me, you'd probably never know um, where I'm originally from. But yeah, I I was born in Reading, just outside of London. Uh, My parents moved us to America when I was 10. I was pretty excited just because you can drive a car two years younger when you're in America versus England. Uh, Started out in Michigan, came to California at the age of 25 with about $1,000 and my dog, and started working in outside sales and parlayed. That skill set, which I realized is very similar to wholesaling, into you know a, a real estate business, and worked both my day job and my wholesaling job uh, about three years. And after I'd purchased a few properties and, and built up enough of a nest egg, I decided to let go of the day job and um, move into real estate investing full time. Uh, one of the fun stories about that was actually I got interviewed on a Bigger Pockets real estate investing podcast, and somebody sent that podcast to my employer. So I was being investigated by them for whether or not I was really working at my job. And that was what led me to finally resign was getting, getting popped on the uh, bigger pockets podcast. Oh my gosh. Wow. What did you say that led someone to like, what was the conflict there? I mean, basically it came down to you. I was this employee who'd been there a while and you could tell that my heart wasn't in it anymore and I was generating results. Um, And and in sales, it's one of the few lines of work where if you're generating results, the rest of your behaviors are highly ignored quite often. And so, um, you know, there were signs that I wasn't really visiting clients. Um, I had an expense account that I wasn't using, which meant I definitely wasn't taking anybody out for meals or buying, you know, anything for clients. Um, I was barely putting any miles on my company car, but sales were coming in. So they knew that something wasn't quite right with me. And then suddenly here's this podcast that shows up with this guy breaking down this entire elaborate real estate business, you know, from like marketing, follow up, you know, systems, you know, all of these situations. And then suddenly it, you know, kind of sheds light on the fact why this 
sales rep doesn't have time or interest to do his day job is because he's running this business on the side. <laughs> so, yeah. And did they reach out to you? No, they actually, um, I got kind of lucky. I had a mole on the inside and they told me I was being investigated. And uh, the, the irony of it was that they couldn't fire me because it wasn't a conflict of interest. And so um, it was highly frowned upon. But um, what then happened was the the HR person who was investigating me was laid off by the company. The company was downsizing. And I, I kind of got survivor's guilt because I wasn't working at this place. I was collecting a free paycheck. And then here are other employees who show up every day and, and they're getting laid off. And so um, after the layoffs hit, I finally just said, all right, I, I don't need this job and I, I don't feel right about it anymore. And so I resigned. And I'd, I'd gotten fired from almost every job I've had in my life. So it was pretty exciting to, to resign from one. Let's go to your $1,000 in a dog scenario and let's let's talk about that. So you started you you started in the sales industry, then you saw the parallels with wholesaling, you started doing wholesaling and talk to us about starting the wholesaling process and then ultimately buying your first buy and hold with the proceeds from that. Sure. Wholesaling to me just sounded so intriguing, right? You're you, you enter into this world of real estate investing and you hear about these people who are, I mean, all right, San Diego market is big money. So you're thinking maybe two hundred, three hundred, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000 cash to pick up a house to flip it. This isn't the kind of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not operating on that level when I first walk into this. And so the idea of wholesaling to generate some funds was pretty appealing. It was so similar to a sales position. You're, you know, you're, you're marketing for leads. Once you've got the lead, you're having to connect with them, find out what their issues are, figure out how you can you know, build a um, connection with this person. You're going to make an offer to them. If they accept it, you're going to move straight into the sales side of the business where you're going to present and market this deal to rehabbers. Um, if they haven't accepted your offer, you're going to move into the follow-up cycle where you're just going to continuously check in on this person, stay organized, you know, be first in their mind of who they're going to contact should they want to sell this deal. And um, all of these were so similar to anything that you do in a sales position. And so um, I pretty much just mimicked everything that I was learning in my day job um, in regards to just standard, you know, just, you know, like um, meat and potatoes kind of uh, sales tactics. And then on the education side, I would just attend all of my local real estate meetings, hang out on bigger pockets, um, network with other wholesalers to really hone those, you know, industry specific skills which were tied to wholesaling. And uh, from there, you know, started raising capital. And um, because I had the day job, I also had a W two, which allowed me access to decent loans. And the beauty of wholesaling is you're seeing a lot of deals, you know, coming across your desk. And so I basically just waited until the exact deal I was looking for came out. And I'm a big believer in kind of uh, setting your intentions. So at the beginning of 2013, I'd had one full successful year of wholesaling. And I decided, okay, I need to really define what it is I'm looking for. I was like, okay, I want a fourplex and I want a single family house. And the minute I defined those very specifically, the fourplex almost landed in my lap a few weeks later. And the house wasn't much longer from then. And that was in my hands as well. And, uh, but yeah, the beauty of the wholesaling was you have first access to a lot of great deals, and that allowed me to pick both of those up. Let's talk about the fourplex. What are the numbers behind it? What's the story behind how you came across it? The fourplex is probably one of the cooler deals ever. Um, I actually got to utilize what they call the, the FHA 203K uh, renovation loan, which is um, 
it's a highly spoken of loan, but a minimally utilized loan. And it is the best loan ever for a new investor. So the fourplex, I was at a, um, like a rehabbing field trip, a local agent I knew had invited me to just speak for a few minutes on wholesaling to a group of, uh, new investors that she was showing one of her projects to. And so I was chatting for about 10 minutes on wholesaling and this gentleman walks up to me with a piece of paper and he goes, Hey, you know, I see you're a wholesaler. I've got this fourplex. I want to wholesale it. And so I'm looking at it and this is, you know, about two weeks after I'd said, I want a fourplex and I'm looking at this thing and I go, sold, I'll take it. And, uh, it was out in a place called Ramona, California, which is about 45 minutes east of San Diego. It's about 65,000 people, kind of like a farming town. And, um, it was a, just a nice two units on the bottom, two units on the top. It was in really bad shape. There's people selling heroin in one of the units. The laundry room had turned into like a makeshift tattoo parlor. It was bad. I mean, it was, it was real bad. But the owner was very fixed on the price. She was in an old people's home. She had an agent and a financial advisor. And not a lot of cash investors were willing to take the risk of buying this place because you had to take it with the drug dealers. So that was a huge wild card of it could go easy or it could just be horrendous. And you really, from the outside, you couldn't tell if they were doing heroin or if they were doing meth. And so the trick was figuring out if they were on heroin or meth. Because if they're on meth, it was don't go near it. If they're on heroin, it would actually be kind of easy to take the deal down. And uh, just because of heroin makes you lazy, meth makes you crazy. So we basically presented them an offer at the price they wanted, but on the terms I wanted, which was the FHA renovation loan. So Wells Fargo essentially loaned me 96.5% of the purchase price plus $30,000 to fix it. So now I'm walking into a four-unit apartment building for $15,000 cash, and Wells Fargo is fixing it for me. So that was how the new investor, who doesn't have cash but has credit, leverages it to get themselves into their first rental property. And uh, it was an amazing deal. Um, I still own it. I've got a ton of equity in it. Got the drug dealers out in 12 days. It's probably my one of my favorite deals and uh, a property I'm really proud of. You said you also put in $15,000 as a down payment? Correct. And what did you buy it for and what would you say it's worth now? Purchase price was three twenty two. But you've also got to account $30,000 was loaned to me for renovations that is built into that 30-year loan. So we'll say all in three I'm actually um, getting it refinanced right now, and I think we're having it appraised at just over 500000 and I've owned it for two years. How did you get the drug dealers out in 12 days? That was a fun one. I, I kind of think my, my growing up in Michigan and being around not the best people in certain situations gave me an upper hand on that one. Um, I just listened. I went over there, and the it was a mother and two sons who were in the unit that were selling drugs. And I should mention the two upstairs units had the most amazing families living there. I felt really bad for them having to put up with it. But one of the units was vacant, and I'm just in there taking notes, and I hadn't purchased the place yet. And she comes over to me, and she goes, you know, when are you going to fix this? When are you going to fix that? And I just asked her, well, if it's so bad here, why don't you move? And she goes, well, you know, I'll never get my deposit back. And so that got me thinking, you know, here I have a lady who sounds like she's willing to move should she get her deposit. The law in California really was that if you buy a property, you have to give the tenants their deposit when they leave because you can't prove the condition prior to you owning it. So the deposit was theirs regardless. I just went to them, served them a 60-day notice telling them that, you know, I had to renovate the unit and I needed to get them out. If they moved in 14 days, I'd give them their full deposit and they could leave the place in any condition they wanted. They didn't have to move or anything, throw away anything. And if they left in the 60 days, I'd give them nothing. So it was kind of a bluff. And uh, they took me up on the offer and they were gone in 12 days. And you 
how'd you find out about that loan? I'd heard about it a few times in in passing by different people that there was this loan available to owner occupant investors where they could renovate the house, you know, with the bank's money. And one of my uh, people I just knew um, recommended it to, to me to call a lender from Wells Fargo. And so I, I made a call to him and he just said, look, it's it's somewhat difficult to get done, but if you're really organized, you know, you can pull it off. And so luckily for me, I didn't have any debt. You know, I had this corporate job, so I had, you know, no car payment. I had an, ex- you know, really all I had for expenses was rent and food and I had no debt and I'd been saving my money. So that helped make the loan a little bit simpler. And then just Every time they emailed me and asked for a document, it was back in their hands within 30 minutes. And so we actually closed the deal in 45 days. And uh, it wasn't as hard as I thought. And I actually used the same style of renovation loan for the single-family residence that I bought, too. It wasn't an FHA because I put 20% down. But again, in one year, Wells Fargo basically financed me $60,000 to repair two properties. And it's the, the, it's the FHA 203K loan. Is that right? Yeah. And it is hands down the best way for a new investor to get into a property because you can buy a house that you wouldn't, you'd never get a loan on this property otherwise, but they will completely ignore all of the red flags for a typical loan because they're basing everything on um, what you're planning, what it will be once it's fixed. And so that changes everything. And you mentioned owner occupant. So did you live in that four unit? Technically, you do have to occupy it for one year. Yes. So you were living there? Yes. Were you living there during the the first 12 days that the drug dealers were there and it was kind of the craziness? No, I think you've got something like 30 or 60 days to get in there. Um, I think they also take into account the fact that you're going to be renovating the property. So um, I wasn't there at that time. Um, and luckily, I mean, people on heroin are are very docile. They're just creepy and weird and shady but they're not very dangerous and so the main goal was just to like subdue them and get them out but i I don't think there was any physical harm threats to anybody nearby it was more just the threats of like theft or just the strange people that associate it was like zombies were just always walking around the property it was very eerie tim what is your best real estate investing advice ever I would probably say make sure you enjoy what you're doing. If you don't like it, don't do it. You know, I, I think that so many people want to get involved in real estate investing and they feel pressured to pursue one aspect of it because you know everyone says, oh, wholesale when you're new or do this. And if it doesn't suit your skill sets and if it doesn't get you excited when you talk about it, I don't really think you should try doing it. You got to find what gets you pumped up and then it makes it so much easier to you know, get up early or to stay working late or to kind of work through those struggles because it's something that you ultimately are going to enjoy doing. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. First, a quick word from best ever sponsors. Crowdfunding. You've heard about it and now it's time to learn about it. Our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land, is a leading expert in the crowdfunding space and they've got all the answers to your crowdfunding questions. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F land.com forward slash best ever. You've heard him on the best ever show episode 209. His name's Craig Coppola and he's got a book. You must read the art of commercial real estate leasing is what it's called. And it tells you 19 things to look for in a lease. Go to amazon.com right now and buy the art of commercial real estate leasing. Okay, Tim, best ever book you've read. I'd probably say it would have to be the millionaire real estate investor which is, it's by, I forget the first name, but last name's Keller. It's one of the guys of Keller Williams. Gary. Gary Keller. And Jay Papazon. Yep. It's an easy read and it is 
it's the kind of book I want to have multiple copies of so I can give it to people. Jay has been on the show already, so you're in good company, and he talked about that book as well as uh, his other ones, the one most recent, and it's called The One Thing. So best ever listeners, I know you like audio, so you can go to freebesteverbook.com and get free audio versions of books like those. Best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it. Oh, man, that's a tough one. I would probably say the moving to California with about a thousand dollars it was probably the best personal growth it was I, I mean it was just you know you just had to make it it was sink or swim i got here and it was just me and i i, I had so many moments of adversity and i didn't realize how much those would benefit me in the future a lot of the things that i learned during that experience is what made it capable for me to be successful in wholesaling or to take down this rental property i I moved into a house with completely blind off Craigslist with two brothers for horrible people. And within two weeks of me being here, the two brothers are going to break the lease and move out of this house. And I don't have enough for a deposit to a new place. And I haven't quite looked, uh, secured my new job in California. So I'm basically I have nowhere to go. And I went to the landlord who owns this house and just said, look, it's trashed. You're not going to rent it out for a month. How about you let me pay the rent I'm paying you already. And I will I'll paint the entire place. I'll clean it out. And then in a month, I'll rent, you know, I'll lease the whole house with two new roommates. And I had to scramble to find two people to rent with me. And um, that saved me from, you know, really having nowhere else to go. And what I learned was basically that taught me how to deal with people, how to negotiate with a property owner, how to screen people to bring in two new roommates. And then for for five years, I rented that house and rented rooms out in that house. And that allowed me to live there very affordably, save up a down payment, also taught me how to screen tenants. So what initially was a really tough situation turned out to be something that taught me a lot of the things I needed to be proficient at to be a landlord and to, to break into real estate investing. Best ever success habit you practice. I was thinking about this one this morning and I feel like I've got the dumbest answer for it, but (laughs) (laughs) I make my bed every day and I just feel like it's one of those things where like if you start your day right like that and you're pay attention, you know, you pay attention to those little habits, it transcends into everything else that you do. So I'm a big believer in how you do one thing is how you do everything. So I make my bed, I stay organized, I keep a list of what I'm going to do for every day. I usually write it the night before, but just paying attention to even the smallest details it passes through into everything else that you do there's a keynote speaker or actually a commencement speaker uh for university of texas and it's i believe it's an army general i forget his name but he has like a list of life lessons that he was giving to the graduates and one of them was make your bed every morning because then you've accomplished one thing at the very beginning of the day and you build your momentum from there yeah. And, I, I, you know, honestly, I think I might have gotten that from that guy because it was something I was listening to a few years ago and it was just something like that. And I thought, you know what, I'll try doing that. And then it just stuck. And I make my bed and start my day and I feel like I'm, you know, a productive member of society. Best ever deal you've done. Man, that's a tough one. The fourplex, I'd probably have to say it's the fourplex. I mean, there's some other ones where I've made a grip of cash off of a phone call, but the fourplex was the biggest gamble, the biggest reward, probably the most inspiring deal because anybody else could do that kind of deal too. I like that one because it it shows new investors how to break into the game. Best ever project you're most excited about right now? Just watching the wholesaling business grow in the way it has, utilizing the web more, 
taking advantage of the networking that's available to me. I'd say everything to do with wholesaling and real estate. It's I know it's not a house project. I don't flip homes. So I'd have to say it's just building the wholesaling business and watching how it's being scaled and how it's it's starting to organically grow on its own is probably the most rewarding thing right now. Best ever way you like to give back? I am a, um, I'm a big brother. So I'm part of Big Brothers Big Sisters. And I've been doing that for, I think, about three years now. And... It's fun. I mean, it's it's. I've watched this kid turn from like a like a gangly, you know, eleven year old to a teenager who's you know got an attitude. <laughs> it's an absolute blast. I I think everybody should be doing it. I know it's tough because it's not suited for everybody, but it's it's so much fun. I, I basically get to play twice a month, and people think I'm being a volunteer, and all I'm doing is playing. Best ever quote: How you do one thing is how you do everything. If you focus on only one thing that, you know, like if, or if you're fantastic at one thing, there's other areas of your life that are really going to struggle. So it's it's putting an effort into really caring to do every little detail the right way and taking pride in it. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? I would probably say it was in my first year and that was just not really committing to giving it my everything, you know, kind of dipping my toe in the pool a little, you know, I'd go to a speaker, get pumped up, try really hard for a month, get discouraged, not try for a couple months. And then I kept repeating that cycle and it was just not committing to really trying. And I was afraid. I think I was scared to fail or scared to look stupid. So I wasn't really giving it my all. So in reality, I was failing and looking stupid by default because I wasn't, I wasn't even trying. So I spent a year before I even closed my first wholesale deal um, just because of not really committing and giving it my everything. What's the best ever place to reach you, Tim? I would either say my website, which is just gordonbuyshomes.com or on Facebook. Those are probably the two best ways that you can reach me. Tim, thank you so much. This has been inspirational and educational. I'm, I'm really grateful that you're on the best ever show and shared your best ever advice with the best ever listeners. And you know, talking about the... Well, Clearly, the loan program, the FHA 203K loan with Wells Fargo that you got, and then you know talking through the purchase price of 322K plus you got $30,000 for money to fix it, so you're in about 352. Then you know, you've got an appraised for $500,000 two years later. Um, and then talking about you know, I learned about methamphetamine and heroin, so that that's interesting too. <laughs> you know, heroin makes you lazy and meth meth makes you crazy, so that's good to know. <laughs> I'm fortunate that I've chosen not to learn that firsthand, but rather through experiences of others and through kind of tales that have been told. And also, you know, talking about just your attention to detail and how you rose through the ranks and how you went from sales to, you know, having being a full-time investor and building your portfolio and figuring out, you know, where, where you want to go next. And we didn't even talk about kind of where you're headed. I know prior to the show, you mentioned mobile home parks and we can, we can save that for, for another conversation, but it's continually evolving that, you know, your, your career and your progress. And it's just great to see. And one other takeaway I got, and you mentioned this specifically is as a wholesaler, you have access to a lot of different deals. And that's something that I should have known, but it didn't really resonate with me until you mentioned it, until you went through example that wholesalers have the pick of the litter and you can choose when you have the funds to actually act on those deals. Once you've built up enough cash from wholesaling, you can act on it and you can choose which one you want to have for yourself. So really an inspirational and mixed with practical advice. And I'm, I'm very grateful that you're on the show and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. 
Hey, you, best ever listener. Do you want more? Then go to joefairless.com, where you'll get tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And remember to subscribe to the best ever show in iTunes so you can keep getting your daily dose of the best real estate investing advice ever.